You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Welcome back. Holy shit, it's a new episode of Asia Visited. It's been a month. I apologize, as you'll hear many times on the forthcoming episode. But nevertheless, we're going to be talking about V, not for Vendetta, but the miniseries, which came out May 1st and 2nd, 1983, just a few days before Stern Magazine published The Hitler Diaries. Hmm. Which turned out to be fake. Oh. And a lot of trouble on that. There's a great documentary on Netflix about it if you want to check that out. But it ties into this episode because of the, to quote Boondock Saints, the symbology right. behind V, the miniseries, which is happening right now on 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. You understand? For victory. Go tell your friends. That 80s Revisited is finally back. <laughs> the baby is sleeping. I'm free to come <laughs> to the studio, the lavish, awesome podcast network studio, Back in the saddle again. I, of course, am your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my loyal producer, who's not my child, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Feed and, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, come here to the titty. <laughs> Squeeze some out. Oh, thank... I'll tell you what. I'm so glad I'm not a mom. Right. To have to deal with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Autumn, we are breastfeeding little Violet. I say we, but, you know... Right. She's, Autumn is. She's doing most of the work. Yes, yeah, well, all the work. But, uh... You most know, of the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So that's, that is, you know, first, poor, you, you ladies have so much of my sympathy. You got to, you know, you have to gestate it for nine months, push it out or have it cut out of you. And then a lot of you, you know, <laughs> breastfeed it, which is, you know, the natural order of things is to breastfeed sure. your children. So hashtag normalized breastfeeding, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> but right. yeah, anyway, more on the personal and the other stuff later, because y'all are here today. Because y'all saw that y'all had a new episode of 80s Revisited. Right. And today... As long as you the, still follow. Yeah, <laughs> it's, subscribe been, or it's been a while, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I was talking to a good friend the other yesterday on the phone, like, you know, I always thought to myself, when I have a kid, you know, I'm not going to be like that. You know, Look at I you got now. It, I got it under control to where, like, I'll have my free time. And I, I do have my free time, but the, the difference is, is that being a 38-year-old first-time father, it's like, my free time is, what do I want to do to relax in this brief, in this window that I have. And it's usually watching a movie, just just doing nothing, being absolutely lazy because of <laughs> how life is now. Uh, so that's a shame. It's all, Jesse's ready to go at any at a drop of a hat. It's all me, everybody. So hate mail can be directed at me. I've had to take being. up other things. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about when plug later. Yeah. But anyway, today, this, this is our first actual episode. I'm pretty sure out of 200 plus episodes to where we're actually talking about not a theatrical film or a best of or a retrospective, but an actual television miniseries, mm -hmm. which is, of course, V, the original miniseries, which debuted May 1st and part two was May 2nd, 1983. IMDb gives it a 7.9. Rotten Tomatoes, 70% critics, 76% audience. So pretty, pretty uniform across uh, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes as well. Uh, it had a $13 million budget, which would equate to about $32 million today. Uh, obviously, there is no opening, uh, but it did have a 40% share of television viewers, which equals to about 80 million viewers. Hmm. So then, if you if it was if you applied that, I guess to film tickets, 80 times what was the movie ticket back then? Three. So it would have made 240 million dollars on well, its opening weekend. It probably didn't make that with advertisers. Of course, of course not. Uh, so no rentals, no worldwide, no, all that stuff. Cause again, it's a television miniseries. It's a first for the podcast, mm. uh, directed by Kenneth Johnson. He also did, uh, steel with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, also short circuit Two, which I actually like better than the original. And, uh, did some TV in addition to V bionic woman, Jag, that kind of stuff. He also wrote this and he also wrote, uh, episodes of the bionic woman, alienation, the TV series and D three, the mighty ducks. Three, uh, whatever the subtitle was for that one. Maybe it was just D3. More ducks. <laughs> ducking. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of something to tie in with the F word there. Ducking awesome. More ducking ducks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you said, duck, yeah. D3, ducking awesome. That works. Ducking on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey duck. Yeah. 
Uh, that doesn't make sense. I take it back. It was dumb. Uh, Ducking cinnamon. hard in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Ducking deep. Ducking it in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Ducking it on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. now we got to go There's on a bunch. Now. There you go. Uh, cinematography, however, was by John McPherson. He also was a cinematographer on Short Circuit 2. And just one of the guys with the lovely... Uh, oh, shoot. I forgot her name now from Twin Peaks. Audrey Horn. Can't think of her name. But anyway, uh, but most notably, he's a veteran of the podcast because he was also, unfortunately, the cinematographer on Jaws the Revenge. Mm. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> uh, and starring an underappreciated actor, in my opinion, Mark Singer as Mike Donovan, another veteran of the podcast because he is Dar of the Emirates, better known as the Beastmaster. And also in the USA TV movie, uh, Deadly Game, which was sort of a takeoff of the typical uh, man hunting, man person luring people to a place and then hunting them. Uh, but it was actually a pretty good TV uh, TV movie back in the day, from my memory. And the mm. lovely and talented Jane Badler as the villainous Diana. Uh, she's a singer these days. Uh, she also reprised her role, or she appeared in the V, the updated TV show, uh, a few years ago. Not as Diana, but as the mother, I think, of the character played by Marina Baccarin, who was Diana in the remake, I guess would be the best way to put it, reimagining, reboot, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Uh, lots of TV, Mission Impossible, Falcon Crest, uh, very lovely, very beautiful, and nightmare-inducing from certain things that she did in this miniseries, which we'll talk about in just a minute. And another veteran of the podcast, the great and hell of a nice guy, Robert Unglund as Willie. Of course, Robert Unglund, if you don't know who he is, get the fuck out. Freddy Krueger, wish he was in Wishmaster, he's a horror icon, like I said, a hell of a nice guy. Met him at Comic-Con in New Orleans a few years ago, and taught, he he generously talked to us for about 10 minutes, hmm. which uh, at a con with a line, that's that's a lot. But uh, always nothing but respect for him. Loves his fans. Uh, another veteran of the podcast, Leonardo Semino, or Semino, uh, whose voice you heard at the opening. He was Abraham. He wasn't the creepy German guy, which he was in the Monster Squad, which makes him a veteran, as well as Dune. Uh, also Waterworld. He passed away, unfortunately, in 2012. But a uh, char- great character actor. Very good. Uh, always good to see him pop up in something. Uh, Michael Durrell was Robert. He was also in Sister Act and Remington Steel. Uh, Faye Grant was Julie. Uh, she was in The January Man, Drive Me Crazy with uh, Melissa Joan Hart, a.k.a. Clarissa. Wow. Uh, and two episodes of Hardcastle McCormick, which I love to mention on this podcast, thanks to that <laughs> lost episode from way back in the day. Uh, Richard Hurd was John. Uh, he was in All the President's Men, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Get Out most recently. And he was Wilhelm in Seinfeld for you, Seinfeld yeah. alumni. That's when I first <laughs> That's time. where I know him from. <laughs> exactly. He's, like when it said Wilhelm in Seinfeld, then I looked at his IMDb pick because he's older, obviously. And that, yeah. like, oh, got it. Got it. Uh, Richard Lawson was Ben. He was in Poltergeist, the veteran of the podcast, since we did cover Poltergeist. Uh, speaking of TV, Joanna Kearns, the mom from Growing Pains, was also in this. She was Marjorie. And rounding out this extensively big cast for a television miniseries. In fact, the opening credits are about five minutes long, and it's like just flashes of everybody that's in the damn thing when it opens up. Uh, Michael Wright was Elias. Uh, he was in Lionheart, uh, most recently The Gift with uh, Joel Edgerton, and I forget the actress that was in that, uh, and Money Talks. Uh, but I mean, a uh, special shout out to him because he has a scene, spoiler alert if you haven't seen this, 20-plus-year-old miniseries, almost 30-year-old miniseries, Uh, when his brother dies and he's, like, dealing with it, he should have got an Emmy nomination for Best Actor in a Miniseries, in my opinion. I was just like, damn, that is... You might... He he did nothing of note for the rest of his life. But when I see him pop up in something, I'm like, that's Elias from V. Mm. And he has it in him. He could have gone for... He could have been a contender. (laughs) But when he's kind of dealing with... uh, When Julie tells him that... When his brother dies after a raid... Just a fantastic, brief little performance, but, I mean, it's good. Like, I believe that he's trying to comprehend that his brother just got killed. So hats off to him. Absolute, you know, back in the day, I didn't appreciate it, but watching it recently, revisiting it as we do in the podcast, it was like, wow, that's a, that, that moment right there, that's the best thing he probably ever did in his career, <laughs> based on everything else that he's done, <laughs> unfortunately. But hats off to him for that, just that one brief moment. But, yeah, V, the original miniseries, very... Traumatizing to me, particularly uh, three years old when it came out, and it would they would rebroadcast it every couple years, uh, and of course it led to a TV series, V the series, and also it, uh, unfortunately it ended with uh, a little bit of a whimper in V the final battle, which uh, I say that because the ending was just, I guess they just didn't realize how to end it, so they just had to do something, 
Mm. So the little girl grabs the controls and she starts glowing and everything's fine. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's, it's just like, it's so, this series is so good. Uh, even as a kid, I just loved it more so for like, you know, Oh, it's sci-fi and aliens are coming in dressed as people. And Oh, they're really reptilians. You know? So, uh, what's his name? David Icke probably had a field day with this film for all you conspiracy nuts. Now that Alex Jones is banned from all media, <laughs> you can go back to David Icke, reading David Icke and, uh, you know, the reptilian conspiracy and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, this show miniseries, uh, just every time it came on TV, it was like, oh, I have to watch. Oh, V's coming back on. What day is it coming on, Mom? You know, don't do, I don't want to do anything. We've got to watch V this night. <laughs> and uh, it's just, and then there's, of course, you know, in a nutshell, uh, Independence Day pretty much ripped it off, too, in terms of, like, yeah. the all the opening of Independence Day with the giant mile-wide saucers just appearing all over the globe straight from this. Yeah. Opening first 10 minutes of the movie all over the world these giant saucers are appearing all over the world of course the effects are nowhere near as right. good as independence day but you know it's definitely inspired by that's one of my favorite shots we got up right there like one of the few pieces of good cinematography if you'd like to see this live let us know yeah, because we're looking we're at uh, considering certain it. options there <laughs> for that but uh again this mixer is just it it always stuck with me just like oh i always remembered it always couldn't wait for it to come on Oh, it's coming out on DVD? Hell yeah. And it was yeah. one of those two-sided, you know, part one was on side one. And then you have to turn at the sound of the chime, bring, flip the <laughs> disc over. For all these 80s kids that had, you know, the books with the, turn the page when you hear this noise. Bring. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. God, that just gave me such a flash of nostalgia thinking about that. This <laughs> book. I had the records, like Disney. Yeah. You know, the records, and the, they came in the book, so you put the record on and then turn the page. Anyway, getting off track, but uh, V, it both, it fascinated me. I fell in love with Jane Badler on it, and then she eats a guinea pig with a great practical, a great for TV in the 80s practical effect. Uh, Always like, holy shit, that's, I don't know if to be terrified or aroused. And then, of course, the big reveal in the miniseries is when uh, Mike Donovan, Dar the Beastmaster, sneaking on the ship, and one of the visitors takes out his eyeballs and he looks in the mirror and they're you know slit eyes and it's like you know classic kung fu zoom in on the eyes audio <laughs> sting and he's like what the hell and then he sees him the, uh, the visitor sees him pulls him out of the vent they start fighting he grabs his face pulls it off reveals they're actually lizards they're reptiles <laughs> they're not human it's all an act uh and this the story in this is so good and uh, for its absolutely original for its time, they come to Earth, you know, to quote a Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren movie from the 80s, I come in peace. And we, we come here, you know, they're pulling the whole thing. Like, they look like us. We talk a little different. Oh, we wear the glasses because your sun is too bright. It's not bright on our planet. We come in peace. We just want to, we want to teach you all this stuff and learn from you. We, you know, it, the ideal alien visitation that you, you know, you hope happens. Right. You know, not the War of the Worlds or, you know. A predator ship crashes and he starts hunting everybody or aliens pods a queen alien gets on earth and we have to deal with an alien outbreak or all that kind of stuff it's like oh wow they're friends you know but of course and rightfully so in this case we have to be suspicious <laughs> we can't take them at face value they're aliens yeah they're illegal aliens <laughs> in trump's america <laughs> uh or mars attacks even like same thing like you know nah, nah. yeah you offended him don't do not shake hands do not release doves we're gonna give him a second chance <laughs> But uh, you know, they come under that, and you know it unfolds so good in this. And you know it's it's four hours with commercials, so like three hours, I think three hours seventeen minutes according to IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it it's paced so well. Like w- watching it recently, it was just like wow, it's over already. And I, I know it's like three wow. plus hours. It go, it flows really good. It moves. But uh, you know you're getting pieces of it as it goes. Like at first, you're like well, what's the problem here? You know, it's just is. You know, where's the, the conflict going to come in? Is somebody going to offend them and we go to war? Nah, they're actually coming here not to help us cure cancer and all this other stuff. They're coming here to steal our water and to harvest us for food because they're lizard people. All right. So, and it, in, in the miniseries, again, if you haven't seen it, sorry, spoiler alert, I just ruined the entire thing for you. should have said that a few <laughs> seconds ago. Uh, but it's revealed so we're like, he's like, uh, Donovan finds out that they have the water in the tanks. Like, what is, why are these tanks filled with water? You know, okay, whatever. I mean, we got a lot of water on Earth. How much right. can these ships hold? You know, whatever. Sure, we'll share our water with you. But then, like, his inside reptile, so to speak, not inside man, he's like, you see, there's another shortage on our planet. Turns on the light. Great, great scene. Opens up all these frozen people in pods. Food. 
dun, 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 go to commercial. You know, it's 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 just it's so good. The 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 plot and the writing in this is exceptional for yeah. a television miniseries in the eighties. Now nowadays TV TV's come a long way since the eighties. Yeah. You know, TV is as good as film now in some in some regards, in terms of the quality that we're getting. You know, Game of Thrones, uh the first couple seasons of Walking Dead, uh Breaking Bad, uh that kind of stuff. You know, we we're having film quality stories being told on television with a fairly frequent with some sort of frequency these days yeah. but this was revolutionary for the time a mini you know you used to have mini series based on books like you know oh uh uh you know you had roots roots was a big one uh of course based on a book this was a little more completely different and uh for the first time watching this recently i finally got the basically that this is world war ii retold mm. It's all with the uh, all the stuff. Basically, the aliens ah, yes. are the Nazis. The Nazis that wanted to eat everyone else. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a retelling of World War II and the resistance that beat back, you know, the Nazi forces and helped, you know, the Allies win World War II. Pretty much. Uh, and watching this sounds like it's so like as a kid, I didn't get any of that. Yeah. I'm just watching a kick-ass science fiction show. Watch this, I'm like, wow, holy shit! This is straight up like. <laughs> You know, good side. This is and that that gave it that another level for me as an adult. Like, wow, this was genius. Yeah, because you got you know, the the visitors. Oh, we're gonna have our visitor youth groups. You know, to help teach the the kids how cool we are and to spread our peace. Yeah. And then uh, nah, they're they're making you turn in your family. And you know, <laughs> instead of Jews, it's scientists in V because like the scientists are. You know, figuring out that they're not human and all that kind of stuff. So everybody's looking out for scientists. Hey, look, there's a scientist. There's a scientist. <laughs> You know, so it's a a little jump, like with some things, but sure. it, but for this, it works so good, like so good. And when it came back on TV several years ago with the uh, the retelling, so to speak, I watched the first bit of the seasons, but it was just dragging on to where it worked better as a miniseries or a movie type format. You know, a, a three and hour, seventeen minute movie. The miniseries. Ends on a cliffhanger. They know they're gonna make a TV series or the final battle. So it ends like it's got that good like it's open open ending. That's just like oh cool interesting. There's other stories to explore here, and they did with the TV show and of course the final battle. But out of all those, if you only have time to watch one thing up to get kind of give you a taste of it, watch the original miniseries. You don't necessarily need to watch the television show, the reboot, or the final battle, unless like me, you just love kind of the mythology and what they create and to see where it goes. And it goes places. Not all mm-hmm. of them are good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like as a kid, I remember one time it came on, not the original, because it was I would only been I was only three when the original airing was, but one of the rebroadcasts, it came on, and it's getting to the scene where he discovers that there are aliens and rips off the face and it's the lizard like <laughs> underneath. And that scene happens and my parents like oh our, my grandparents live next door. It's like, okay, we're gonna go visit Mama. You can stay here and watch it. And then like they leave and I'm just, you know, five years war five, one of the re- like yeah. I don't want to be alone. This is the lizard people are out there. So like, it gave me like I don't, I don't remember any nightmares, but like it's like eh, it scared me as a kid. It was effective. <laughs> uh, so I always remember that. And then of course, just one of the most famous scenes is when Diana eats like a pretty much a guinea pig, and it's a it's a practical effect with like you know the fake mouth where it's it's her. Yeah, actually, it's probably just a dummy. Or not say a dummy, but you know, fully prosthetic face head. Right. And just her hand coming out behind it, like putting it down the throat, because of course you can't, you know, the animal has to, have to be safe, so it's just going down the little chute. So they're okay with eating guinea pigs and animals like that. Yeah, because you know humans could just teach them how to do that. Of course, <laughs> but humans just you know it's like saying, do you want, you know, filet mignon or do you want this processed meat patty? Right. No, of course you can live off either. <laughs> but these are aliens with superior technology and finer taste, and right. they obviously have and a taste for human. But also, okay. how do they taste this to begin with? I don't know. Like, who are those people? It's like, wait a second. There's another planet of people. Hmm, let's take <laughs> At one. At least there was. Well, you know, you can always look at it like, oh, they've abducted, abducted people in the past. And wow, they taste delicious. Right. They meet all of our dietary requirements. Yeah. And we can, you know, we're livestock to them. So just like, oh, you know, uh, chickens. Well, that's, I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird to, thing because it's like, <laughs> yeah, we weren't introduced to cows and be like, 
Let us teach your small cows that we're okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, you gotta have you gotta have the not the other the World War II symbology. Right. I don't know. Going in there. So, <laughs> but it worked. You know what? You can you can they rationalize just came it in out. And, like, Killing us. Right I mean, they're, the they're a cannibalistic species. They've abducted us before for like, oh, they're, they're delicious. Let's take everything. And I guess that's where the difference is in uh, Independence Day mm-hmm. is where it's, they just came yeah, in and didn't say a damn word. Like, yeah. hey, we're going to, oh, you're going to try to talk to us. That's cute. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the fir- literally the first time I'm watching Independence Day, like, this is V. This is V. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking like to myself, well, I take it back. I, you knew it was going to have the destruction because that was all over every trailer. Like, trailer, yeah. The big, the money shots. But yeah. Were all was... up in the trailer. Like, they're, they don't, you know, we fight back on Independence Day, you know. So there was no s- subtlety there. Yeah, that Independence was just, Day. that was how V should have, <laughs> it just came in obliterated. But then there, you wouldn't have a show. Yeah. And it, it it works again. Like watching it for the first time, I'm just like, oh, it's something science. Oh, it's something cool on TV. Yeah. And then the first time you watch it, which hopefully isn't the first time you're hearing about it, is me talking to you about it, because <laughs> everything has just been ruined, and you're probably not gonna like it, because <laughs> you're not gonna have like, these. It's got some good twists in it as you're watching it for the first time. What's happening? Like, what's going on? Oh, holy shit! Yeah. And it does have logistic stuff, like you said. Like, why don't they just you come in and just take us anyway? They have superior stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But you know. The subtlety, the infiltration is so much more interesting. And they then, also like games. <laughs> and, and, so and you don't have to deal with nuclear weapons game. or you know, losing your giant motherships or stuff like that. So but yeah, if you haven't seen it, highest possible recommendation. I'm not sure if it's on any streaming services, but I'm sure I don't even think it's on Blu-ray or anything, but like the DVD is probably four bucks on Amazon. Yeah. It can't be expensive at all. Let's uh, find out. In our, when we were looking for clips, we didn't see any like you know full thing on uh, seven sixty five on Prime. You can get it by Tuesday <laughs> if you order within six hours and fifty seven minutes, and of, it's in stock of this particular podcast yeah, live. live. <laughs> so you'd have to be able to somehow be hearing it right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very ahead of its time for television, especially, uh, and I think extre- exceptionally influential. Uh, I remember, you know. Uh, the miniseries back in the day were events when they came on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, the, the Stephen, the second coming of Stephen King was through television. When you had, you know, It, the original It, uh, Tommyknockers, uh, Storm of the Century, uh, all those kind of things. You know, that, that, that was a fertile ground for stuff like that on network television back in the day. And uh, like I said, you know, V, they had the miniseries. Then you had... Uh, Final Battle itself was another, you know, a bookend. I mean, you know, the series is bookended by the original and the Final Battle and TV series there in the middle. So, yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. Oh, there's a miniseries coming on uh, North and South with Patrick Swayze, which uh, a friend of ours, uh, I think it was Joshua Carr's dad, was an extra in it. Hmm. We mentioned before, you know, North and South was another big one that came on. Like, oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's a dude. It's, uh, you know. Patrick Swayze from Dirty Dancing. Well, I think it was before Dirty Dancing, but you know, I knew who he was. You know, that's where I knew him from when Dirty Dancing came out. I was, oh, it's uh, the guy from North and South. He's a good actor, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's been some fantastic. The state that's the one I couldn't think of when I was talking about Stephen King. You had the stand, and oh, the, the yeah, these terrible, are from the 90s. Terrible remake of uh, the Shining. Well, I say terrible, but it's accurate to the book TV <laughs> version of The Shining. Which I'm sorry, Kubrick, on that. Uh, even though, of course, Stephen King initially didn't like it. Oh, Merlin. Shout out to that, the, uh, the one with Sam Neill. Yeah. That TV, that's on Amazon right now. That miniseries was awesome. Hmm. Horrible effects, but <laughs> it, was, it, was great. it was fantastic. It was really good. Uh, again, for its time, something different, a big event. Like just see, seeing all, like, the, what you search, right? Their best TV miniseries or TV miniseries. It's like, wow, I remember, I remember watching like half of these. Right. Like Gulliver's Travels with Ted Danson. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, oh, it was great back then. Then the Odyssey with Armando Sante, I think it was, or <laughs> one of those guys. Yeah, great. Like they, they were event. They were that's the thing. Back then, it was a big deal. Right. It was a television event. You don't have those necessarily anymore because oh, you know, it's it's television event, but it's also streaming on our web app and you know live stuff here. Or you know, it's it's not like it used to be because again, it's now instant gratification. Mm-hmm. I want to watch this. I want I can watch it right now. Yeah. No. You, did you enjoy the first episode of uh, The Walking Dead? Well, guess what? Episode two is already up on our app or whatever HBO Go. Like, uh, give me, give me, give me. Stay tuned afterwards for you know behind the scenes stuff and excuse me, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's a different time now. But again, in the eighties, it was just like you know, if if I wanted to watch Masters of the Universe, I had to be in front of the television at 
2 o'clock every afternoon, ready to go. Or I miss it. The only way I, other way I could watch it is if I recorded it. <laughs> and then, you know, didn't have a VCR for a while. VCRs were expensive when they came out in the 80s. So, you know, eventually... They're still expensive. Now, yeah, it's like, oh, dude, you, oh, you have a VCR? Yeah. Holy shit, that's worth like 800 bucks now. <laughs> Five years ago, like, here, I will give you $5 to take this VCR from me. I wonder. VCR yeah. on Amazon. Three... <laughs> Oh, DVD, that's a combo. Still, like, a, the only Prime one available is $379. Wow. And see, that, and the, the reason those are and so expensive is because nowadays, oh, I got them all VHS tapes. Yep. I need to transfer them to <laughs> DVD. And you could probably get some, uh, oh my God, some of these are like crazy, thousand bucks. Um, yeah, you could probably get these refurbished ones. It's still like $70, $80. That's Just crazy. go to a pawn shop. You know, yes. I, I would assume. Garage sales, pawn shops. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is you get a new, v, you get a used VCR, you go home, shit, the heads are dirty. Now you got to go find a VHS head cleaner, well, which would cost you. Well, that's still $10 on oh, Amazon. Well, thank goodness. Prime? Uh, yes. Oh, well, okay. There you go. And the if, aftermarket for the There was a time where we used to have a code. And everything. I don't think we have that anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. <laughs> anyway, some. Uh, have you ever seen V? Um, when you were a kid? No memories of that. Gotcha. Guess it's just me. It's just you. But anyway, some trivia. Uh, of course, the, the actual inspiration for the film, or miniseries, came by Sinclair Lewis's anti-fascist novel, It Can't Happen Here, in 1935. Uh, Kenneth Johnson wrote an adaptation titled Storm Warnings in 1982, and the script was presented to NBC for production as a television miniseries, but NBC rejected the initial version, claiming it was too, quote, cerebral for the average American viewer. So to make the script more marketable, the fascists were recast as man-eating extraterrestrials, taking the story <laughs> into the realm of science fiction to capitalize on the popularity of Star Wars. Oh. Which, it worked. Yeah, It I absolutely did. worked. Uh, so, you know, a happy happenstance. Because if this was just a straight-up thing with a novel, it would have been a historical drama. I probably wouldn't be talking. I wouldn't have been interested in it as a kid. Yeah. By any stretch of imagination. As an adult, you know, as an, at, at, so at an old, an, 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 if I could talk. Sorry, guys and girls. <laughs> it's you been know, a while. At my age now, <laughs> if, if when something like that would come on, I'd be instantly interested in it. Yeah. But back in the day, this was perfect. It, it, it lined up for it. Uh, production was actually halted for two weeks when Dominique Dunn, the actress cast originally to play the part of Robin Maxwell, was murdered outside her apartment by her ex-boyfriend while running lines with actor David Packer. Uh, some shots with her are still in the original series, but only the back of her head. Uh, and that's why Blair Tefkin was, is in the actual version, and the miniseries is dedicated to her memory, Dominique Dunn. And a uh, strange, weird coincidence with her, at least to me, uh, I mentioned before how... Um, my uh, brother's bachelor party in Florence. Uh, my brother got married overseas in Italy, uh, so I got to go overseas. Thankfully, at least bef- you know before I had a fucking kid, so <laughs> I might never do it again. Hopefully not. Still want to go to Japan and Australia and all these other places. But anyway, uh, in my brother's wedding overseas, uh, I was his best man, and then his other, the other gentleman in the wedding was uh, a guy by the name of Brian. Oh, I'm drawing a complete blank on his last name now, unfortunately. Leave it anonymous. There you go. Best, best to do it. But anyway. Brian Anonymous. But he is an actor and a voice actor. In fact, he's ah. voice acted in Dragon Age. He was Pike in the A-Team. Uh, hell of a nice guy when I met him. Uh, he was the visual character model in the last Call of Duty, the future one. Uh, can't, God, it's something with a B is the last name. Brian something. But anyway. So uh, the A-Team? Yeah, the movie, not the TV show. Oh, okay. Sorry. But uh, anyway, uh, and he was there, but he was, as a kid, he was actually friends with Dominique Dunn because they were in, I think, Once Upon a Time in America together. So when he was, and when he mentioned that, I was like, oh, I mean, I guess you were, were you close to where you know when that happened. And he's just like, yeah, he heard about it actually on the news. And they lived a few doors down, and he like walked out when he heard that on the news, and you know, all the cars were there and everything. So he. Uh, Bloom. Bloom. God, I, knew, I was going to say boy, but I knew that was incorrect. But he's like also the voice of Varric in the Dragon Age series. So when he told me that, I was like, holy shit, I'm having drinks oh, with Varric, Varric. from uh, Dragon Age. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the new Wolfenstein, which the game sucked and the story was terrible, but he was the voice of B.J. Blaskowitz. He's Captain Ryan in Ninja Turtles. I don't even know who that is. TV show? 
Oh yeah, the cartoon. I used yeah. to keep up with that, but man, I used to felt, mention it all the time. Felt like they were putting out like two episodes a day. I was like, I can't keep up. With this. <laughs> That's a lot to stay on top of. <laughs> but yeah, so he was friends with Dominique Dead when that happened. So that was a real life connection. Somebody that I met that was actually very closely connected to that. So uh, the viral marketing campaign for this was extremely unique at the time. They actually put posters. Uh, and if you if you've seen it, you see the posters that the visitors put up in the show. And in the intro clip is the one that they spray paint the red V on. Uh, when before the TV show aired, they put all the those posters up all over, you know, for marketing and viral, uh, and a viral campaign for it. And then uh, after kind of the first episode aired, they then they replaced them with the posters with the red V's on them, because then by that point you kind of know then the the gig is up. You know that they're not here. You yeah. know, resist. Uh, kind of like you know after the Watchmen movie is coming out, they would people would put who watches the Watchmen. Like in the comic, as like a marketing campaign mm. on things and everything. Very similar. And of mm. course, now when you see it, if you notice, the visitor symbol is actually a modified swastika. It's missing like one line, two lines. It's connecting the dot, if you see the logo. Uh, very close to a swastika. Because again, this is a retelling of World War II. Mm. And the resist, how the resistance grows from that. Uh, the music that plays when the ship is first seen has a major motif consisting of three short notes followed by one long note. This is the letter V in Morse code, and it's also patterned after Beethoven's Fifth, Symph- fifth Symphony. Damn it, God damn. <laughs> fifth Symphony, which of course, Fifth Symphony, Fifth Five. Sym- Stop, I'm, I'm not repeating that word again because I can't fucking say it today, <laughs> is v, uh, uh, v. funny. So it ties in there. Uh, I thought this was hilarious because I looked this up before I watched it again. Uh, wait, is that saying that's from? <laughs> it's a picture of Trump and Melania. Yeah, Melania. She like, looks, looks like, like she's a visitor. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, the laser effects in this miniseries cost $1,000 each. Uh, so the high cost was due to the lengthy post-production work to manually add the opt- optical effects. So that's why when you're watching it, too. And I, after I read this, I'm like counting like 1000 bucks, 2000 3000 <laughs> And when they have an, an intense bow, it's like, wow, that was $50,000 in laser shots in that two seconds of That's footage. crazy. But they also, you know, through good filmmaking and budgetary reasons, you can see it, how like, you know, they'll, you'll hear, you'll, but then they'll cut to the, the sparks going off. Right. So you don't have to show the laser. the laser shot. And it's very effective. It works good. So, but when you watch it, if you watch it after hearing this, obviously pay attention to all the lasers and you'll see how they get away with it to shave off that budget. Uh, let's see. Uh, the character Diana was ranked number five in TV Guide's list of 25 greatest sci-fi legends. Rightfully so, because it's a it's a great character in the miniseries. Uh, the company with the Resistance members steal medical equipment from is called Stamos Pharmaceuticals. Writer, producer, and director Kenneth Johnson named it after John Stamos <laughs> because his daughter had a crush on him. Ah. Uh. So he's like, oh, here, let me name, put this in joke in my film for you. Uh, it's successful in a sequel, like I mentioned, V the Final Battle, which was meant to conclude the story. In spite of the apparent conclusion, this was then followed by a weekly television series, V the Series, from 84 to 85, that continued the... Okay, I misspoke earlier. Continued the story a year after the final battle. Johnson left V during production of the final battle due to disagreements with NBC over how the story should progress, which would explain why the TV show is very (laughs) TV-ish. 80s TV-ish at the time. Uh, A reimagining of V premiered on ABC on November 3rd, 2009, ran for two seasons, though Johnson was not involved in the remake, which featured all new characters. Executive producer Scott Peters said that it would would nod to the most iconic moments from the original franchise and may potentially include actors from the original and new roles, which it did, because both Jane Badler and Mark Singer appeared in the second season. And then on February 6th, 2018, Desilu Studios, you know, Lucy, that same studio, announced that it would be producing a feature film of V, which is... That's the way to go. Take it, like make a big budget movie and just remake the original miniseries as far as I'm concerned. Of course, anybody familiar with it, it's not going to have the same effect because you know what's coming. But I'm sure hopefully they'll try to do something to make it its own, you know, update it a bit, you know, modernize, modernize it somewhat. Because, uh, you know, in the 80s, you know, have cell phones, all that stuff. So, and of course, in 1943 and 41 and 39, you didn't have... All this kind of technology. So when you know the Nazis are coming in, it's the Blitzkrieg rolling across Europe. By the time you're you're overtaken, you don't even know it. The tanks are in your front yard. I played enough Medal of Honor games and Call of Duty <laughs> games and Battlefield games to know that's exactly how it happened. Uh, I feel like I was there at every battle in World War, major battle in World War Two. 
and now World War One because I'm playing Battlefield One because it was dirt cheap on a uh, it was on sale on the PlayStation Store like fourteen bucks. Yeah, yeah, that picture you just had is from the final battle where uh, yeah. in this in the original mini series Robin gets impregnated, and that's what crawls out of her. It looks like Slimer, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where that's where it goes. Alien babies, crossbreeds, ah. half breeds, whatever you want to call it. So that's what NBC wanted, huh? <laughs> it's like yeah. we gotta have the alien babies. People love babies, for real. But again, like honestly, like there, there's a lot to watch in this and like poke fun at for sure. It is dated. It's very old. Uh, however, for again for the time, I can go. I I have vivid memories of watching this as a kid, and it was terrifying. Fun. Diana was sexy as a young boy. Like, oh gosh, she's so I don't care if she's a lizard. She's a fucking hot ass lizard. Uh, you know, so it's as watching as a kid, it was there's a there's the symbol right behind her. Yeah, and on her so collar there. It. Like it's That's two little lines make it a swastika. <laughs> Very it's close. a sci-fi swastika. So uh don't cosplay in this current political climate as a visitor. You might get mistaken for something else. Nowadays, it's a, it's really close. Make sure you're only at a comic con and maybe not put on any of this stuff till you get there, <laughs> just to be for your own personal safety these days. Because people punch fascists in the face. Uh, yeah, I've heard. So be careful if you're cos- cosplaying as V. Not if you're a fascist, get your ass beat up. I don't care. <laughs> uh, anyway, but score wise, absolutely, I give this a nine. It is revisiting it. it, it ta- watching it immediately takes me back. Uh, it's it holds up so well. Again, I'm not counting the effects. The it, this is, again, this is an '80s television miniseries. You have to understand that when you're watching, you can't be holding up to the same standard as you know Star Wars or something. Now, granted, this is post Star Wars, but TV, mm-hmm. television actors, and it's telling a very big story, and it does so quite well. Yeah, I would say for for the medium that it's it's you know it's trying to do it in. So, absolutely a nine. Still love it. Uh, the uh, spoiler alert: the series and the final battle would not be anywhere near that. Uh, <laughs> however, the original miniseries phenomenal, still great. Love mm. it to death. Fantastic. Can't say enough good things about it, so I'll just shut up. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Back to the Future. I've been dealing with a kid, so and I, I want to see the Meg so bad. Haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen the Mission Impossible. Uh, what do you do all day? <laughs> work. Now, and now I work with the baby. I thought it was Michael J. Fox at first in that picture you pulled. No, nah, I wanted to see if cosplayers actually put the symbol on there, and they did. Well, he's also got the green, you know, showing that he's a reptilian. So, That's and he's true. obviously at a cheap sci-fi convention based on the uh, hotel decor behind him. <laughs> uh, and the uh, horrible, horrible carpet pattern. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is he, I wonder if that's, that's got to be pretty recent, it looks like. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard Hurd. Yeah. In his um, uniform. At a convention or something, maybe. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> what are you talking about? I am a reptile. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So great. Nice. Yeah, there obviously is a huge fan base for it because there's plenty of cosplaying. I mean, you find anything cosplay, of course, nowadays, sure. these days. But there's a... And it's all older people. <laughs> Hashtag over 30 cosplay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's... Yeah, it's a good market for it, so to speak. Wow. Mm, excuse me. All right. But uh, I did, in terms of what I've been up to, I've uh, sitting on my couch while my baby is sleeping in mm-hmm. one hand while I'm holding the controller. Uh, I played uh, Until Dawn on PlayStation, which was free yes. a while back. Fantastic. Yeah, I played like through it Like once, it's been sitting on my hard drive, like I need to play it so I can get it off the hard drive. That's what my thing was too. There's games coming out. I mean, we're you know we're approaching Game Mageddon the next couple months, right? With all the releases, so it's like only play, and then like couldn't stop. Just like this is and it fantastic. Spoilers Love. going forward. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, so how'd you do in the end? How uh, many survivors? <laughs> everybody survived except the uh, football Matt. No, wait, the guy with the Asian girl. I forget his name. Josh. No, Josh was the Josh died in mine. The uh, I mean, Rami Malek. It's character. it's been a little while, so uh, let me. And see. then, uh, what was his? Matt was the or Mike was the main guy. That was, oh, maybe it was Matt. Maybe I was right the I'm first time. I'm bringing up the IMDb. Um, so let's see. Matt yeah, is it yeah. Was Matt. Matt died because apparently, if you try to help Emily when she's dangling off the thing, mm-hmm. he dies. Yes. So 
He yeah, died, he died for me, too. He died being a good guy. Or he died right. doing what I would do. It's really hard to let him... I looked, looked up all the stuff like, you can have later. a perfect ending. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really hard to let him live. Like, um, like you had to jump off midway through that something thing like or that. something like, like that? Yeah. But if you try to help her till the... You only get... It's like try to help her once, not twice or something. Yeah, like I tried to help her both times. Yeah. And uh, I ain't gonna lie, when I was playing, I was like, maybe I should just jump. Yeah, because I didn't like her. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, you gotta, you gotta save her. Like, you gotta, you gotta try. You're a good dude, Matt. And then I. That's the only guy that died for you? Him and Josh. And Josh, yeah. The, when you're walking the through guy. the water in the end, the thing pops yeah. up and just like smushes his That's head. another one hard. That, that's difficult. So we probably had very similar games then. I love, like, absolutely. I was like, well, I wanted more. Like, and granted, it was. I could see I could see the pieces that inspired both halves of the story. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like it's dust till dawn. Like structure dust till dawn. Mm-hmm. Like oh, is is it just like it's somebody's playing a prank here? Like there's something more to this. And then like oh wait, now it's the descent. Right. Which was fine because <laughs> it it just it it played well. It was I, nice that there were two sides. Yeah, exactly. And it I really felt like oh shit. Hmm. Let me let me <laughs> let me make. I got to make a cho- you know your choices do count like you know. Uh, in fact, there was I only tried to restart it one time and it didn't let me because I was you know don't move and I know for a fact I didn't fucking move. Oh, and it said you yeah, moved. Yeah, it's like I mean I was a fucking stone. I was like oh, and I was like no PlayStation PS button turn it off like no I did not I was I was mad. Right. I was like I did not fucking move. <laughs> I put the controller down. I did a cut like in the end that last sequence. Yeah. I was like, I'm not fucking this up. I'm putting the controller down. Yeah, because it was like, it was it was the ending was intense and it was like yeah. I would watch this movie like even knowing how the game yes. went, like the game goes. If this, like 2015, I was shocked at the graphics too. Oh yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, also I played it on a pro. Now I don't know if it had any kind of upscaling or anything. I didn't play it, it on a pro and it looked great. It looked fantastic. The facial animations and everything were just fantastic. And it just absolutely, and like that game sat on my hard drive for probably six months, whenever it was free, a year maybe. Yeah, mine was a long time too. And it was just like, I was like, because I remember hearing Ben on the Asia Mania podcast, he was talking about playing it. And thankfully, I didn't remember anything that he said. Because <laughs> I remember talking about how, like, who were surviving, but you know, this was so long ago that I didn't remember. Yep. Wow. Sorry, I'm just coordinating lunch with my wife, or <laughs> supper, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, like, I was, I was sad when it was over. I was like, oh man. Like, that was a fantastic game. I would like to see a horror franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, uh, any of them. Uh, Halloween, since it's the big one this year, because it's the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a game like that, just with that developer, just get a franchise, a horror franchise, anything other than Saw, Paranormal Activity. Right. Get a classic one and, like, make it, I want to play a game like that. I want another game like that. In fact, there is a sequel, which I saw when I was looking up about the game, except... It's uh, I think it's a PlayStation VR game or something like that. Hmm. Or a prequel, maybe. It's some there is a tie-in game, but it's not just like a PlayStation 4 game or something like that. But I I, I was blown away. I loved yeah. it. Every, every second of it I was enthralled and like completely drawn in from start to finish. Yeah. I mean only, even with like every waking That's moment. That's a nine I had, out of ten on IMDB. Deserves it. And, yeah. and that was a free game too. Like so, get on. Wow. You know, if you and actually, if you haven't played that game, I would recommend it like immediately. It's on sale right now as well. Yeah. I don't know how much it is because it shows purchase for me. Yeah, but it's the you know there's been a lot of game deals on the PlayStation Store, and it's on Xbox too, I believe. Find a used copy. It's it's worth every penny. Fantastic game, and just to come out of nowhere again. At least you have I to like story games. Though. Correct. Yeah, and you got, you have to be a little patient. Yeah, because it has those those dexterity things that we were talking about, like um, daylight, dead for daylight, or whatever yeah. it's called. But they're they're pretty liberal, I would say. Like yeah. I didn't I only I didn't miss maybe one or two, and more right. so just that was just from like thinking it was over, like whoo oh sh-, and like like heavy it, rain style and yeah beyond. It's not like you know split second like a circle pops up and you have half a second to hit it. I mean you have like it's kind of a little like goes around the icon like whoop. yeah so like it's it it it's paced enough it's set up to where if you feel like you miss it it's it's because you actually did miss it not just like it was so quick that you missed it it's like oh shit hit circle instead of square mm. it feel it's very fair but it's also it's got that it's got that gameplay balance or it, it's got the gameplay in mind to where 
this isn't going to be so hard that you're going to get frustrated because you fucked up in a game where the stakes are this high yeah. and a fuck up is death. Uh, so it's like, I never felt like the game, except the one, again, the one time where I know I did, I was like, my hands are on my lap. I'm not moving. <laughs> I, and I'm watching it. It's dead center. The little icon, if you play it, you don't talk about it. And then all of a sudden it just jumps like up like the accelerometer. Like, unless I had a freak, like blood pumping of my heart into my thumb, artery, my vein in my thumb and it made the just controller just tr- <laughs> whatever. But I mean, I was like, I was a stone. I was, a, but thankfully it didn't. But the thing is too, don't try to restart it. Cause at least where I did it, it counted as like it happened. But thankfully, it mm. just, it was with Emily where she's like hiding. Yeah. And then like it happened, it seems like it must happen regardless that it comes out and like knocks her down and bites her. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Cause stuff you, like that. Because, I mean, unfortunately, I would play it again, but hard drive space. But also, immediately after finishing, I wanted to see like, okay, how do you make everybody survive? So that yes. kind of ruined, I don't need well, to play it. What I did again is anymore. I just went to YouTube. I, I did that just to see like all the like the deaths and like right how like that's what I did not do, like if you shoot like I don't need to play it I can get the same effect just watching it on YouTube yeah after after because then you you know what's gonna happen like oh I can I see here that it's not like she it's a skill test here. you know yeah it's <laughs> that's what it is there's nothing like like that involved I don't need to see it myself like for real but uh yeah fantastic uh, and also in terms of games that was highest recommendation also uh I saw a I saw the second best shark movie ever made and not, not the Meg. I haven't seen it yet. I wish I had. Uh, but, uh, this was one that's, I've seen like on anytime somebody says like, Oh, what's, Oh, like, you know, get ready for shark. week with the 10 best shark movies. Of course, Jaws is number one. There's no fucking debating that. Right. But then people have the gall to put 47 meters down or the shallows on there. Now, granted in the grand scheme of shark movies, yes, they're better than like Sharknado or mega shark versus, octopus whatever okay understandable they're still ridiculously stupid mm-hmm. just as as unreal as i've said on the podcast before 47 meters down is as as is as unrealistic as any sharknado hmm. but this is a film it's called the reef uh, i think 2015 maybe 2014 or 2010 there we go <laughs> fantastic film i was on edge the entire time the internet disagrees now I was now it's now I've, I mean, I've I said before that the sec my second favorite shark movie is Open Water. This combines Jaws and Open Water, pretty much. There is no CG in this film, at least in terms of like the sharks. There is no rubber shark. They use real shark footage, and it's not open water with some reef sharks. It's fucking great white. Yeah, fucking great whites in this film. Now it is skillfully directed to where it appears. Was that a, oh, I thought I was touching your foot. Like got some long ass legs. <laughs> We're about six feet from each other. You know, that, that table in Batman where they're passing the salt, like <laughs> yeah. where, where it's like a 20 foot long table. But anyway, uh, That's funny. so like it's your, when it go when but basically they get shipwrecked or their, their ship runs aground on a reef. So then it's like, okay, one of the guys is from the area. He's out there. He's like, okay, I know for a fact, based on our location, there's an Island about seven miles that way. But you know, and this is in Australia off New Zealand. There are sh- fucking sharks you know, big ones in this, these waters. So everybody's apprehensive about it, blah, blah, blah. One guy stays on the boat, but then, uh, you, know, like, hey, we, you know, they cut a boogie board in half so they can float. You know, we can make this in a day, probably. Otherwise, we're in a current. It's going to take us further out to sea, less chance of being found. This mm. is probably our best choice. So most of the people go. So then they're literally in open water trying to get to this island to survive when a shark starts stalking them. And it's not... It's not Hollywood overblown to where it's like, oh, all of a sudden a, a vengeful shark just appears. No, it's like, it's done very well. Like the shark's not consistently a threat the entire time. Like, you know, it comes, comes and goes. Gradually it picks them off. Obviously it is a movie. It's based on a true story. Uh, however, of course, obviously embellished a bit. But, you know, they one guy, you're seeing it now, Jesse. Unfortunately, you guys can't see it. Guys and girls can't <laughs> see it. But watch the trailer. If you like shark movies, it's fantastic. It's one of those, like, you know, did something just touch my leg? All right. You know, like, kind of just feeling. Just like you just had. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> only one guy has the goggles, and, like, you know, they do the uh, scene of, like, him, like, looking underwater, looking. And, you know, everybody's put on goggles before, you know, so you're looking around, and then, like, you're looking through, you hear a splash over, you look, visibility, you can't see 20 feet away, you just see a shape, you know, a vague shape. Yeah. But then it gets closer, closer, and it's like, it, okay, it's a shark. And then, it, then it's like, hey, you know, just stay together, stay together. Somebody makes a bad decision. They get eaten. 
that kind of thing. And but it's done. It's it's this is a conservative shark movie. There there's not you know this isn't Jaws coming out of the water and Jaws of Revenge and chewing people up outside of the water that kind of thing. Hmm. It's very realistic in its depiction to where it's like oh shit like kind of moments. Hmm. Which open water when I this is way better than open water to me. This is probably this is my second favorite shark movie. Totally honest. Uh, very well done. If you if you like shark movies, this is and you thought open water was boring, which this movie does make it look boring to me. And open water, I watched it again not too long ago, anticipation of Shark Week, and a possible shark cast that I didn't get off the ground because I had a kid. But anyway, uh, you know, open water is still oh. good, but this one is so, fantastic. So the IMDb score is what five point eight or something. Then I click on show all reviews, and they're all sevens, eights, nines. So where is the bad stuff? That's weird. Oh, there's a five there. Keep your goggles on. It's it's great though. If you if you like shark movies, I say most people are positively reviewing this. And like that's it was one of the remarks on one of those things about like shark movies. Like, why is the reef not on here? It's better than like half of these. It's right. Like, and then like like under that one person, the first person that mentioned it in the thread was like, oh dude, you're like yeah, like yeah, that movie's fucking awesome. Blah blah blah. So it used to be on Netflix a few months ago. Watch it. It was, it was phenomenal. It's great. Uh, now, of course, it's not like the shallows where every five seconds they have to show the shark because, like, oh god, the shark! I'm gonna beat this shark. Me and my little seagull friend are gonna find a way out of this. Blah blah blah. No, it's like splash. Oh shit! It's very the- mm-hmm. theater. Of the mind is the wrong word, but like very like, was that a shark or was that just a fish in the water? It's very it's very tense. And I'm watching it's like, and also you know. The, an attack happens, like, oh, shit, like, that's a good jump, really good jump scare in it. Uh, got me with one of them. Uh, so, yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's, uh, like, I'm surprised more people don't know about it in terms of, like, when you talk about good shark movies. Probably because it didn't, wasn't released, you know, theatrically here, I don't believe. You know, it's an Australian film. So our good friend Ben Wyatt's probably, he might even have seen it or might know about it. But uh, it's based on a true story about a tiger shark in the 30s or something where uh, some people were shipwrecked. They were trying to swim to an island. Tiger shark came, got one of them, came back later, got another one, and barely mm. almost got the last guy who survived right before he got rescued. Wow. So it is like, you know, it's based on a true story. And again, it's it's just done so well to where like, it's it's not like you watch Friday the 13th movie or a horror movie, like, don't go in there. Like, obviously, if you go in there, you're going to die. They go in there, they die. Mm. This is like, you know, stay together. You keep moving. You know, the guy with the goes like, he's watching. He's like, just keep moving. Stay together. Stay together. Like, they are trying to survive the only way they can. So it's 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 you're, there's no there's no recourse except what happens. Yeah. So that makes it even more scary. Like you, know, what could you do? You're in open water with a great white circling you. Like you know, you're done. Mm. But are you? Gotta watch the movie. It, stay out of the sea. Yeah. <laughs> just just <laughs> don't even get on a fucking boat. Just stay <laughs> yeah. out of the water. We do not belong <laughs> in the water. But yeah. So uh, until dawn, video game recommendation. Uh, the Reef movie recommendation. Hopefully by the next time we record, which is hopefully will not be a month away, of at least seeing the Meg. So I really, I, I just want, I want to see it so fucking, like a movie I've waited for 20 years to come out finally comes out and right. I can't get away to see it because it came out the week that I have to take my kid to work now because Autumn went back to work. So I'm like, one, I might just download a fucking cam version of it and deal with it. <laughs> and it's gotten some good press like as, and it seems to me they knew what kind of movie they were making and embellished that. Yeah. And, that's exactly how you should do something like that. So it's killing at the box office. So that's fantastic. Uh, congratulations to the author, Steve Alton. And if you read Meg, Primal Waters, you will see a doctor named Trey Harrison there. And that's based on me. Not because I'm a doctor, but because <laughs> he puts pe- his people who've talked to him in his book. So, But anyway, uh, what else? Oh, and I do have a music recommendation. There's a group called Gunship, which I've recently been introduced to. Mm-hmm. Very 80s synth type music. Uh you know, very John Carpenter-esque in terms of uh, the music. Phenomenal. But they have a new album coming out, and the reason I've, it was brought to my attention was that they released a single called, not Dead, I want to say Dead by Daylight, but that's not it. Uh, what is it called? Dark All Day. Dark All Day. Uh, by Gunship. And I think that's the new, is that the album name? Let me double check. Yeah, that's the album name. And the song, Dark All Day. But I bring, the, the, I bring it up, and it was brought to my attention because on the album... Oh, or on that song, that song, Dark All Day, there is an amazing 
saxophone solo and it has a sax in it. Oops. And for a band that has an 80s vibe to them, you'll see their artwork on all their albums is like straight up 80s, like our logo, all that kind of fun stuff. But none other than the legendary Tim Capello from the Lost Boys does a saxophone on this song. And it's amazing. I can see. I can see him every time I hear this when I'm, it comes on my playlist when I'm listening in the car. I can see him from the Lost Boys with his chain with a lock around his neck, oiled up bod, tight tight spandex pants, mullet glistening in the light, rocking that saxophone. <laughs> so, uh, if you like that kind of music, or if you don't, and you just like good music, check out Gunship. Because uh, after listening to that song, went to iTunes, pre-ordered the album, downloaded their first one as well. It's some good stuff. So you got I got you got a movie recommendation, game recommendation, and now some music recommendation. And now a food recommendation. <laughs> yeah, Wingstop. Wing so I'm about to go to get food for my family. But uh yeah, uh, they have a music video out for it uh for that song. But look them up on YouTube, check them out. Highest possible recommendation as far as music goes. There it is. Talking to Jesse. But anyway, I uh, think that we do have a couple emails. Let me get those out of the way. We'll wrap this episode up with a nice little bow. But our uh, first one comes from the vice president of our UK fan club, UK Pete. He says, first, let me offer my congratulations to you and your wife, Autumn, on the birth of your daughter, Violet. Pretty name, same Say as my own grandma. or congratulations? He says what? Condolences or gra- congratulations? congratulations. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take either. I accept either. <laughs> and condolences on my regular broadcast, my time to have a regular broadcast schedule. Right. Uh, it was great to see a new podcast this morning when I turned on my phone on. Well, I got some good news for you. When was that sent? <laughs> this was sent July 16th, mm. <laughs> almost a month, over a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're still there. Uh, Your checking, monthly podcast. Been checking every Monday to no avail. So nice to see you back on my list. Missed you guys. I'm not really a massive horror film fan, but of course had to listen to the comeback episode. Monday mornings now seem more palatable again. <laughs> so I'm sorry for again for the you know the, the four weeks since then, but you know oh, this man. Monday is going to be exceptionally palatable for you. Uh, he passed his driving test on Friday the 13th, 1991, so he has no fear of the day. It's just another day to me. I enjoyed Solo myself way more than the Last Jedi. I had this discussion before I know. Had to speed through Ant-Man and Wasp talk as it's not out until August here in the UK. It's delayed for the World Cup. Uh, you have podcast planned until September 2019. That's bold of you, given the U.S. political situation. Anyway, cheers, gents. Nice to have <laughs> you back on the air, Pete. Well, Pete, thank you so much again. Not having the, the podcast regular like we used to. That's all on me, just with the kid. But hopefully, I'm hoping now that we have a set schedule. Mm-hmm. I have Violet from 8 a.m. till or 7.30 till Autumn gets home in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. So as I get the hang of that, things will just start falling into place, I'm hoping. Because, uh, of course, Autumn was off for work for three months. Yeah. And that was a different lifestyle there. And then now we're, now we're, now this is the actual routine until kindergarten, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's like five years. I don't know. I'm learning. Say a prayer for me. So, you know, I do have several episodes ready to go. It's just a matter of, you know, me finding the time to get over here. And honestly, a little bit of the will because uh, having a kid, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I really need to get an episode out. Fuck! I'm just want to sit here and drink Not Lacroix and watch this Netflix LaCroix. show. You want to drink Lacroix? <laughs> I love Lacroix. Oh, okay, I'd be about ten pounds heavier if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I drink unsweet tea. That's not like I do too, but it's uh, I've had pretty much see the tannins in tea just fuck up my stomach. Oh, I drink, really? Because I drink a lot. Of, like I drink a lot. Yeah, I do too. Like just all go, the time. And if I drink too much tea, I just get. Ugh. I'm like a gallon every two days or so. I'd be a gallon a day. Yeah, well, see, I have to make it. And <laughs> yeah, well, we had the little instant maker, like a coffee pot, but it makes tea. Yeah, like cold, cold brew tea. Yeah, we had to buy. We bought two. Of, I bought two of them, so we can have two pitchers, so we can make two at a time. Or when one's halfway out, we can make another one, so we're never behind. <laughs> and then I dropped the glass pitcher, and we only have one again. Oh, bummer. So anyway, <laughs> but then uh, on July 18th, a couple of days after Pete sent us an email, I got an email from a new listener, Todd Adamek. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, but he says, love the pod. It's the title of it. He says, I just recently found your podcast and can't stop listening. Thank you very much. I was born in 75, so all these action movies from the 80s bring back tons of memories for me. Any chance we'll get one of my faves, Iron Eagle Revisited? Fun movie with an amazing soundtrack. Keep up the great work, Todd. Sent from Yahoo Mail for iPhone. Nice. So, yeah, Iron Eagle is definitely one I want to do because Autumn loves that movie. Like I'll be like, let's watch Top Gun. She's like, oh, let's watch Iron Eagle instead. I'm like... I'd rather watch Top Gun. I rented that from the uh, supermarket. <laughs> but, Del, uh, Del Champs. But hey, Iron Eagle does have sequels. 
Top Gun's just now getting one. Yeah. So, but for sure, uh, Todd will definitely get to Iron Eagle eventually. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, actually in uh, March sometime. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> depends on our schedule. But I will promise everybody this. This is August. We're nearing the end of August. We're midway through August, over midway through August right now. We're coming up September, October. The, my favorite time of the year, of course, we always do the Halloween horror stuff on here. I already got all the episodes lined up. I'm going to stay ahead of it. We're going to, I promise you, if, even if there's not another episode until the first Halloween one, whatever happens, Halloween Horror Month will happen on the day because it has to for all the graphics I make for them every year. So... <laughs> Halloween yes. Horror will, will be, no matter what, I promise you now, those episodes will be on time. Unless something happens to Jesse. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesse's the rock. That's the other side. Jesse's the rock. I'm the ran. <laughs> I rock and I ran. You but, always uh, pull out your phone and just do it. On your- <laughs> Jesse uh, disappeared, strangely. <laughs> I'm gonna- yeah, but uh, for sure, the Halloween Horror stuff, I promise you now, will be on time. Mm-hmm. Got it all lined up, got all the movies ready to go, all the fun stuff for that, because that is my favorite time of the year, and that just keeps me in the Halloween spirit to do that. So, yeah. uh, But nevertheless, next episode, it's either going to be, let me check my folder of ones I have <laughs> done, either going to be Chariots of Fire or The Best Of for 88, one of those two. We'll figure it out when we have time. There you go. So, But until next time, which hopefully will not be over a month, Again, thank all of our listeners. Thank you for still listening because it's been a gap, I know. And that's, again, it's all on me. But hey, having a kid, it's way more than I thought in terms of just, fr- the, I have free time. It's just, again, it's a matter of how I feel. Yeah. What I would need to do with that free time. And a lot of the free time, you know, is now, honestly, now that Alden's back to work, it's great because now when she gets home, first thing she wants to do is just hang out with the baby all day. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's where the tag team, I'm slapping, I'm tagging her in, yeah. playing video games, relaxing for the rest of the night until she puts the kid to bed. And on weekends, she hasn't let go of her once, pretty yeah. much. So she's, you know, good for her. Yeah. And good for me. Good for now I'm here <laughs> doing this. So, but we'll be back next week with one of those. Uh, uh, excuse me. Right, we'll be back next time. Next time. Maybe not next. I hope next week we're going to aim for it. But if not, we'll do what we can. I promise. But rest assured, Halloween Horror will be on schedule. I guarantee that shit. So I will make. I will hire a babysitter for that because that's that's important. And there's only four Sundays in October. <laughs> so five Mondays though. Yep. Yeah. Which we'll figure it out. It's five Mondays. That's why I got five films ready to go. Oh, okay. And you know what? Since it's been a month off, I will spoil Halloween Horror now. It's, it's going to be about zombie films this year. Oh. Since The Walking Dead sucks now. I haven't watched. We're going to revisit so zombie movies from the '80s, so that'll give you a, an inkling of what to expect and what might be on the docket for that. So it's uh, this this year will all be our lovely undead friends, nice zombies. And as always, want to give a, some quick shout outs. First and foremost, to our good friend Ben, the Tasmanian Devil Wyatt, with the Bam Cast. Now, uh, of course, formerly with oh. the Asia Mania podcast, uh, they recently did the Toxic Avenger, which uh, I am actually literally wearing the I shirt heart from the, the movie. Which uh, me and Autumn, after listening to the Bamcast episode on it, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna listen to our episode on it, uh, just to refresh what I said about it. Right. Because that was so long, I was like, holy shit, Autumn's on this episode. <laughs> so then, over the course of me going, getting through that episode, we're driving together, and she's like, oh, and it got to the point where I said, I, I want that shirt from that film. I want that shirt that says I heart the monster. I would totally wear it. Well, my wife, to her credit, went and got me, went to trauma.com, which where they sell them, and got me the. I heart the Monster Hero shirts, which I'm wearing right now. So she didn't do it when she was on the show. No, but she did. <laughs> she did it four years later when she heard me say that I want that shirt. So better late That's than never, funny. but I'm wearing it, so it, it's worth it. So uh, shout out to them uh, on that podcast. Give it a listen. They do some. Uh, they did Supergirl recently too, uh, and they just changed their format up too, so it's a little more punchy and uh, flows a lot better, I think, and uh, really entertaining as always. Anything that Ben does. And then, of course, John and James with the Now vs. Nostalgia podcast, which uh, a lot of good episodes on there. Nothing current, but always got to publish, got to give them that shout out because... I still got your jacket. Yeah, one day. One day. <laughs> yeah, we'll have really to do a special do. episode about it. The jacket episode? Yeah, yeah you can come in here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for real. Speaking of space, uh, if anyone here is on Twitch, 
I have a singing show on Twitch and I have a board game show on Twitch. Singing show is Melissa Sing. That's where my wife sings. Of course, I'm on that show sometimes as well. And uh, for board games, it's Heart Board Games. Both of those are twitch.tv slash Melissa Sings or Heart Board Games. And you get to see our lovely studio space. And hopefully soon we can get something going with 80s Revisited. We Still talking in the about works. It. It's a scheduling issues right now. But, I mean, the studio is in place. It's ready to go. So doing Looks graphics nice. for that wouldn't be a you know big deal. Our 80, you know, have our little 80s style graphics. But if you're interested in watching 80s Revisited, let us know by emailing 80srevisited at gmail.com. Let us know what your format. Uh, you prefer Twitch? Do you prefer Facebook? YouTube? We can stream it anywhere. Yeah. We have the technology. We do. And by we, I mean Jesse. Yes. I'm a freeloading son of a bitch. <laughs> Let us know where you are because, you know, time zones come into effect and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Let us know where you would see this live. So until mm. next time, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga. See you in less than a month, I hope. Facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on Twitter at awesome pods. <laughs> <laughs>